Welcome to the Middle East File. On this edition of the Middle East File, I sit down with Dr. Bayar Mustafa, the Dean of External Engagement and Research at the University of Kurdistan Hawair, and the driving force behind the newly established Center for Peacebuilding and Dialogue at UKH. And we are also joined by Dr. Thomas Schmettinger, a political scientist and cultural and social anthropologist from the University of Vienna, and currently a visiting research fellow at UKH. We discuss a recent conference that we co-hosted together, looking at the impact of 11 plus years of conflict on Syria's diverse religious and ethnic communities. We hope you enjoy today's conversation and be sure to check out the full conference and a forthcoming publication based on the contributions from a wide range of contributors. Now, on to today's conversation. Welcome to this edition of the Middle East File. And joining me here in person is Dr. Bayar Mustafa and Dr. Thomas Schmedinger. Thank you so much, both of you, for, for joining for this conversation. Thank you. So we're talking today about a conference that we jointly sponsored a couple of days ago titled Syrian Religious Communities and the Transnational War. It was sponsored by University of Kurdistan Haler, the Center for Peacebuilding and Dialogue, the Religious Freedom Institute, and others. Um, Thomas, why don't you give us a little bit of the background behind why this conference and yeah, how did it come together? Well, the thing is that uh, with uh, 11 years of civil war or transnational war, it's not just a civil war in Syria, this conflict became increasingly confessionalized. It's not originally a confessional conflict, but due to the involvement of states that use confession as part of their soft power in the Middle East, like Turkey, uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran, uh, religion and religious denominations became a topic within Syria as well as uh, the regime using the fear of uh, religious minorities from a Sunni takeover uh, and the existence of uh, jihadi and other Islamist fractions on the opposition side. So what we try to do here is on one hand to debate the situation and the role of political uh, of religious communities in this conflict and uh, on the other side, uh, be careful not to, uh, as intellectuals, contribute to this confessionalization of the conflict. So, uh, the use of, uh, of, 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 of religion in the conflict has to be also critically revised. But this does not mean that we should not talk about the situation especially of religious minorities in certain parts at least of the country because there are regions like the uh, Islamist controlled and Turkish controlled parts of, uh, of Syria where people are killed because of their religious background or oppressed because of their religious background. So uh, we try to, uh, to have a nuanced debate about this role of religious communities, about the use of religion in the conflict and also about the uh, situation especially of vulnerable minorities like the Yazidis uh, in some parts also the Christians 
or the Kurdish Alevis in this region. Yeah, exactly right. And, and Dr. Bayer, as you think about, as we put this together, and in some ways it was building on a, a conference, a similar approach that uh, you had helped put together on Iraq a couple of years ago. Um, what do you hope that, who do you hope benefits from this conference? Well, well two, two things, two, two, mainly two directions. First of all, the people who were forgotten before, after declaring the, the victory on ISIS, they have totally forgotten the consequences of this war. You know, the people who paid for this war were not uh, uh, states, countries, regimes, but uh, the majority people of Iraq and Syria, and, and, and the cost was doubled on the minority groups, or let's say smaller groups. So now we are trying to bring the attention of the world to those forgotten people, and many of them, they will be, the community will be, will be lost forever. They are losing their uh, land, they are losing their existence, they are just, you know, and they have, as I said, totally forgotten, and the war is still uh, ongoing at some levels, some low levels, especially against those people. There is still an ongoing, uh, uh, demographic in, uh, change, re-engineering the demography of the regions, if, of those, these two regions, the Levant and Mesopotamia, in a way either. So this was one of the purposes. The second purpose was, uh, we, you know, we, we are researchers, but we also try to contribute and follow up the, the, the development everywhere. So. When we attend conferences, when we attend briefing, uh, whatever related to these two countries, we can easily see that one of the problems that prevents people, uh, NGOs, institutions, organizations, even policymakers, to make really their contribution uh, uh, or, or, or maybe offer some help is uh, lacking information. Now we here, we have tried to really uh, contribute in fulfilling that gap. So that was something really also uh, brought our uh, attention and uh, of course, I mean, it's also a contribution in research and also now, that especially when we will start working on the publication, the publication will be like uh, the most inclusive and, and, and uh, recent uh, updated handbook on religious minorities in Syria, which will help the library the, uh, of, 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 of these groups and help the library uh, of, of the Middle East uh, scholars in general. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, aiming to, to fill that knowledge gap and, and also exploring not just demographically, who are these communities, where are they, but the dynamics of the relationships between them, between them and the state, the different transnational actors, and uh, that came through in a lot of ways. And, and Thomas, as you mentioned, uh, striking the right balance of not contributing to the confessionalized or sectarian yeah. nature of the conflict, but also understanding the particular realities of, of how different uh, communities have been impacted and have navigated through now more than 11 years of this conflict. 
Um, as you think about the different uh, presentations that, and contributions that we had um, covering a wide range of these religious communities from small minorities to, uh, to the larger communities as well, um, Thomas, maybe you um, give us uh, some of the, the top line contributions that uh, what can people find as they explore this conference um, of, you spoke about the yeah. Yazidi community, but we had yeah, um, yeah. others as well. No, we actually we had uh, talks about all communities except except the majority. We wanted to include, of course, also talk about the Sunni Muslims. But uh, yeah, yeah, on the day uh, of the conference, uh, this contribution got lost. But it will be part of the book, of course. Uh, I think what what is striking and and is somehow. Uh, something that was present in in all of these uh, contributions was that uh, their the situation of freedom of religion and uh, the way how uh, local authorities deal with plurality, not just religious pluralism, uh, is very different in the different parts of Syria. So we have this uh, part that is controlled by Turkey, is occupied by Turkey, and we have the part that is controlled by Hayat Ahri Rasham, the, um, uh, yeah, it's a kind of branch of Al-Qaeda, at least until 2016, officially. Since then, uh, they're still following a more or less jihadi uh, concept and ideology. And in these two territories, actually, there's uh, no way for any religious freedom for minorities because they are ruled by different forms of Islamist ideologies. Uh, in the uh, governmental-controlled territories of Syria, uh, the situation of freedom of religion is better, but still there's... Uh, not any kind of recognition of uh, political pluralism and ethnic religious pluralism uh, because everything is dominated by this Arab nationalist but more or less secular ideology of Ba'athism. And uh, in the Northeast, uh, at least some recognition of uh, both political and ethnic but also religious pluralism exists. This does not necessarily mean that we're talking about the full-fledged democracy there. There are still a lot of problems there as well, but at least there's uh, some recognition of the pluralism of the Syrian society there. Uh, the languages are included, but also, and this is maybe for, our, for the topic of our conference, the most important thing, uh, there's a recognition of freedom of religion to that extent that even conversions from Islam to Christianity, for example, are allowed, which is uh, something that is not the case in many parts of the Middle East. So uh, if you compare the different parts of Syria, this is definitely this part with uh, the biggest liberty uh, than uh, compared to the other uh, para-states that exist there, let's say like this. Uh, however, uh, it, this is also the part that is uh, threatened the most by another Turkish invasion at the moment. 
so uh, if this part cannot be somehow uh, saved, somehow defended, uh, this could mean for some of the religious minorities of Syria, especially the uh, Alevites, the Kurdish Alevites who are already uh, a victim of the invasion of 2018 in Athene, uh, but also for the Yazidis that they could be possibly completely wiped out from Syrian soil. Uh, it would mean anyway a huge uh, uh, wave of, of, of refugees uh, also to Europe and, and to Iraq. Um, so if we want to defend something like this pluralism of Syria, uh, it's also at the moment necessary to defend this uh, small territory where this pluralism is at least somehow recognized. Yeah, and that's yeah, looking as a one layer of analysis of looking at both the political freedoms and then um, the religious freedom and, and how that diversity is managed um, yeah, came through in, in so many of the, the presentations. Um, Dr. Bayar, as you think back to the, the conference, what are some of the key points or, or high points that, um, that stood out to you? Well, I think uh, the organizers, first of all, the organizers, uh, they have really, I mean, the different uh, organiza organizations that really organize this conference, I think in a way other uh, would make it more effective. You know, we had an organization, we had the, a university. Secondly, we, ha we had the social democrat group in European Parliament who are in charge of decision making and, and close to the decision making, let's say, makers, let's say. Uh, and we have the, the Institute of uh, uh, Freedom of Religious, right, in mm -hmm. the United mm -hmm. States. So these, these organizations are part of their, uh, their, their uh, background, but, uh, or, 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 or let's say their uh, institutional character. You know, they have, they three cooperated uh, on promoting and highlighting one topic. So each from uh, his, uh, its position will make really the, the, the feasibility and the results of this conference even more effective and more visible uh, uh, and available to everybody. So this is one of the things. Secondly, having that uh, number of quality researchers talking about specialized people, reporting, talking, writing from the field was really something very uh, incredible and, 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 uh, and, and original. Uh, thirdly, me, I'm, I'm, I'm very active in this field. I visit the region. Uh, also, my colleagues, you and, and, and Dr. Thomas, but honestly, I have learned a lot. I definitely learned a lot, and I think uh, what we learned and what people were saying, what we also, uh, our own parts also, should be available for others. You know, should because as I said, this will make uh, the research, the knowledge, and also a, 
eventually uh, the ways that they can the organizations can help countries can help in solving this problem uh, will be easier and overall I think it was a kind of uh, contribution even if it's a small one however I don't see it as small one it was interesting and, and a real contribution in a way other in peace building in regional peace building let's say uh, uh, and and also a kind of uh, it, others can build on it especially maybe the the uh, uh, representative of the, of, of the groups that we have mentioned that they can create lobby with the support of, of this uh, let's say local local international and regional uh, organizations and, and and stakeholders that they can really deliver the, the, their voice so in uh, as I said in a way other the conference was very, very uh, objective, and 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 all conf the conference uh, opened a kind of invitation and a call for others also uh, to come in and and uh, highlight this serious, very serious uh, situation. Yeah, and I think as you mentioned, the the variety of of contributors was was really interesting. Um, and something that, that stood out as people who've worked on this, but yeah. uh, by having a, a conference and, and a forthcoming publication that yeah. gave an excuse to really dig deeper into the questions, it unearthed some, some really fascinating history of, uh, yeah, from the yeah. Kurdish Alawite community or the, the Jewish yeah. community and, and hearing from uh, the experiences of, from Yes. the Jewish community in Aleppo and Damascus yes. and um, how that, that field research uh, uncovered these um, historical experiences and of diversity. If I may add also, you know, for instance, I mean, I saw also others also, but when, for instance, my, my topic, we kind of left it open, but we, we mentioned their history and the current situation and we compared them so you guys who the audience can can say what is the future we really we have lost other original indigenous communities before in in in, in different tragedies and traumas mm -hmm. and uh, their absence from their original homelands uh, is still visible is still really a gap is still. It's a loss for those who loss. are still here. Yes. Absolutely, it's lost for the majority before the minority. So we are just bringing the. We, we brought the attention and we also invited others to really contribute and and highlight and and address this threat and and of course discuss solutions later on. I think one of the interesting aspects of the conference was also that actually the contributions came from very different backgrounds so we had yes. a quite uh, interesting international yes. uh, con uh, participation Lo but also local from syria yes. itself so this uh, the book will include texts from abroad and from different parts from within syria so i think this 
will be an interesting uh, uh, publication also and yes. we hope that we can publish it actually not only in English but maybe also in Arabic mm -hmm. translation. So I think it's also part of an intellectual dialogue yes, uh, in between different parts of Syria and uh, the international uh, academia that is involved in studying mm. Syria and the social fabric of Syria. I, I agree. Yeah, and so yeah, I think it makes a really interesting academic contribution uh, for increasing understanding. Um, and also that it's... Uh, we left somewhat open, but raised very much the question of the future of Syria and the potential implications that come out of uh, looking from all of these different vantage points um, on how this has impacted um, the different religious communities. And we also, we had policymakers uh, from the European side, um, from the, the European Parliament that um, are interested in this. And so, as we kind of look at, bring this conversation to the end, but think about the implications or what we hope are takeaways from this. Um, what stands out to you, maybe Bayer, let's start with you for, what do you hope are the practical or policy takeaways well, from, from the conference? Actually, Dr. Thomas, he really uh, pointed out something really important. You know, we have mentioned how the conference and the publication will contribute in this, but he mentioned the dialogue. I think we have, we have also initiated dialogue, and what we really need there is, is a dialogue. Everything starts with a dialogue. I mean, the dialogue not just between these, these communities, but also dialogue between the actors, the stakeholders, the regional actors uh, uh, about the future of of, of, of the region because uh, as you know the world is not as before uh, the security the human security uh, really is very much interrelated and connected and 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 the, 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 what 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 happens in, what what happened in Syria and still happening is very possible uh, to to happens in Turkey for instance to happen in other countries, in what happened in Iraq, it's very possible in Iran. The whole region cannot really stand like this. So I think stabilizing Syria will not be by removing uh, others, the others. Mm -hmm. Will not be by uh, uh, promoting jihadist groups, will not be by uh, Arrogancy will not be by the escalation. It's like uh, these countries, like uh, they are neighbors, and 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 the fire can really reach out uh, uh, to everybody. Uh, it's a fire, honestly. It is a fire, and no one is safe. No one is really, uh, let's say, managed to 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 build a transparent and, and the state of citizenship in the Middle East. And I think also one of the big challenges at the moment is that we actually, Syria is not in the news anymore. Nobody cares about Syria anymore, yes. especially since the war between Russia and Ukraine started. So actually our conference is also an attempt to shed some light on this conflict again yes. and to tell 
Europeans and Americans and, and Middle Easterners yes. that it does matter who rules yes. in Syria and who Absolutely. controls certain territories Absolutely. and uh, that this region should not be completely forgotten and left to some regional imperialist uh, powers who want to have their share of the region. And, and honestly, it was like an, an, an indirect uh, message to Europe also, you guys see the, the security either should be for all or for no one. Uh, Europe for, for, for decades, they were enjoying, let's say, um, kind of, of long-term peace, but with the uh, Syrian conflict war in 2011, well, they started gradually suffers a lot, but but then again, this the Ukraine Ukraine conflict, uh, uh, it's not just affecting Europe, but also look at Syrian. Almost it's bringing back back Syria to the to the first circle. Ukraine uh, before Ukraine crisis, everybody was optimistic and the solution was in development, in progress. But once Europe uh, had this conflict, the West again uh, started you know, taking all the attention to Europe. Okay, the regional actors, particularly Turkey, uh, will they use this opportunity, which is, I think, not a very, very clever uh, you know, approach. Uh, approach. Not a very clever look at. You know, they have killed even whole uh, an entire nation in 1915, right? But the conflict, everybody still almost on daily basis, they are memorizing it. And and Turkey, they have serious problems everywhere, wherever they go. Parliament, protesters, Congress. I don't know. It's it's like a, a state in. I don't know, but in a kind of uh, continuous uh, threat, you know, each time when, when, when there is a subject related to Turkey in the United States, for instance, they bring back this, the genocide of Armenian subject. And uh, as I said, I mean, and, and it, 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 the, 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 the issue cannot be solved by uh, removal and, and ethnic cleansing. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly, and that that question of yeah the realities of of who's there, it's not going to go away. You you're not going to see um, a viable solution. Isn't the the destruction of the other, yeah. but the, and the question of Syria is not an issue isolated to Syria. It has implications um, for the neighboring countries, for Europe, uh, yes. for the United States and others, and um, so. Yeah, unfortunately, while it's both faded from the news, the, the realities of the crises hasn't faded for the Syrian people um, and, and for those of, uh, also in the neighborhood as well. Um, so it was yeah, a real privilege to be a part of, of putting on this conference. We, we hope it makes both a, an academic and intellectual contribution and, and also a, a policy and a practical contribution for uh, exploring and understanding the realities ongoing in Syria. So, Thomas Bayar, thank you so much for, for joining for this podcast and for, for putting on uh, the conference together. Thank you. 
Middle East Vile podcast features conversations with authors about publications on a range of issues impacting religious freedom in the Middle East, including governance and security, humanitarian assistance, geopolitics and foreign policy, human rights, and much more. To find more of these conversations and to learn more about the work of the Religious Freedom Institute, visit rfi.org.